Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my best friend, Tony. What's up, buddy? What's going on, homie? Um, I'm excited about today's guest because I kind of feel like we're connected in a weird way, in like many, many different weird ways. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we're going to get into some of the stories, but yeah, uh, I, I I feel the same. Yeah, that, same, right? More so you than me because you you guys had a outside in your backyard experience, but yeah. Oh, we can't even get into that because I don't even know how to tell that story without it like confusing everybody listening. But but yes, if if you're a hairstylist, it was definitely a very small world hairstylist encounter. But uh, if we, I, I don't know how we tell that story without. But in your backyard. Everybody. But in my back, yes, we met a. But anyway, uh, it's, that's so it's so crazy. That's too that's too much. That's too much <laughs> to talk about. So um so uh today and listen, this is a subject that neither one of us know a lot about. Um, but I will tell you, it comes with a little regret for me and you and I have talked about it privately, but I'll talk to our guest about it, how, how much regret I have about it because I'm so interested in it. But, um, but, uh, we're talking to like a, an extension queen today, yes. you know, um, yeah. and, and it's really interesting to me because to me, it, it, extensions have been around our entire careers, but man, have they changed? Yeah. Not only, uh, has the material changed, but the, the finished product, the look of it has, has drastically changed. Cause when we were young, when we were young hairdressers, you worked in an extension salon, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, did you ever do them? Uh, you attempted them. That's a face like, yeah, yeah. I, I did one set. <laughs> yeah. But cause they, they, they were, they would blend, uh, synthetic hair together and, 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 and create the color that way and it was you know with Rhett and, and richard and uh it just you know I, I was still a young hairdresser so i'm still trying to learn everything else and it was just a little overwhelming for me i get it i get it well again i think that's kind of simplified too or at least the the material has um simplified a little bit um so today our, our guest is Mackenzie turley and she's the founder of invisible bead extensions and what's crazy to me is the invisible right because we've seen the we've seen the bonds we've seen the beads i mean i have clients that have extensions that we do color on and then like it's always really difficult kind of to work around the worst though are like tape-ins to try to like work around a tape-in forget about it and it's so hard and by the way for some reason the tape-ins don't dry you know as you're, you're trying to blow out the hair and they will not dry they will not dry they will not dry and then well that's a whole nother story <laughs> <laughs> we'll chat about that so um yeah, the this the invisible bead is crazy because it's it's I I don't want to overuse the word flawless, but I mean it's flawless. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like when you look at it, a lot of times you can you know before you can tell whether it was extensions or not. Right. Well, because they because they like they like the vertical lines. You could see the vertical lines between the extensions, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, but these these new invisible beads. I mean it. it, it you cannot tell. You can't tell. No, it, it, it's clean. Should we get in? Yeah. Let's get in. So, Miss Mackenzie Turley, welcome to your day off. What's up, you guys? How are you? Amazing, man. So, uh, so we're kind of talking about like small world stuff. And last year, um, on Tony, Tony and I, when we were going to Hair Love Retreat, we, we, we landed in Vegas and then we drove over to, to Zion. And, and in the middle of that trip is St. George, where 
We have a which is crazy because the town can't have more than three hundred people in it. But we know like ten hairdressers in that town, or and accountants. Sorry, Michelle Cook, but our but our our personal accountant is in that town too. So what's going on in St. George, bro? I don't know. You know, I lived here for eleven years, so I'm not technically born and raised, but I do consider this my home now. Um, but I, I don't know if that there's just there's not a lot to do here, so we all just like dive into our creative spaces. I don't know. Maybe it's nature promoting some kind of a Zen experience for us to like tap into something. But it's crazy. I don't know. There's a lot of talented people here for sure. It's so, it's so, it's again, I, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. The town is like super small and like I, the fact that I know anybody in that town, much less I know like 10 hairdressers there. Right. It's so crazy <laughs> to me. So you said that you're there for the last 11 years. Where were you born? So I was born and raised about four hours north of here in Orem, Utah, a little bit closer to Salt Lake area. Um, and then I moved around Man, I've been married for 20 years and I think we moved like 17 times within our first 10 years or so, just bouncing all around. Like trying to find your way or was it like like job? Was it, um, it was more kind of job related for my husband. We, I mean, we didn't go super far, but we bounced kind of along Utah, Idaho, back and forth, everywhere in between. Wow. That's, yeah, that can be, especially as a hairdresser, that's, uh, when did you get into the industry, first of all, before? Yeah, so that, that's, I was not doing hair at that time. I was I was raising babies. I've got four kids right now. My oldest is 16. My youngest is eight. And I actually enrolled in cosmetology school when my baby was nine months. So you've been in the industry for like eight years? Yep. And And, and a baby every two years. But look, I, you thought the toddler years were bad. You wait till teenage years, man. Oh, they're all going to be teenagers together. I well, my oldest, my oldest is sixteen, so he's had his license since March, and I can't tell you how many like phone calls, cops. It's just beyond. <laughs> like, is this my life now? It's it's a good time. I mean, it's a different kind of challenge than it was when they were little. But but on your fourth kid and, and nine months old. To, to jump into the industry. I mean, that's, it, 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 that's tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I started, I did night school, so I kind of would pass it all the kids onto my husband, you know, four 30, I went from five to 10 every night and he would do bath, he'd do dinner, he'd do, you know, homework, all the things, get him to bed. And that's how we rolled for two years. So it really was like a, a partnership as we kind of went through this new phase of life for me. But um, I, in a weird way, I just kind of felt like this strange calling to that this, this was my thing, like, and it hadn't always been on my radar, but it definitely became to where it was like, Oh man, like this is, this is where I want to go. Yeah. A lot of times it, it, even though it might not have been on your radar, it just, there, there are certain destinies that you're, you're called for. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when you when you eventually find that purpose or find that calling, it's it's just meant to be. Mm-hmm. And then that's what it, this is. How did you how did you have any interest in hair? I mean, you could have done anything. Um, you know, I well, a little bit. I grew up the youngest of four girls, so you can imagine that like hair and beauty and all that kind of stuff was like it was a thing there was no brothers so it was always talk about all that kind of stuff you know I mean we were ratting our hair and giving it the little little 90s swoop and the wings and all that kind of stuff I watched my sisters do that so so there was always that kind of foundation there but I definitely consider myself a creative and I actually came from a very musical background so music was my thing I was a professional singer I still enjoy writing music, arranging stuff, but I I got to a point where my voice actually um, unexplained to any doctors or specialists, like it was just done. And so I found myself with all of this creative energy and drive, and that's like where my passion is. And I couldn't, I couldn't get it out like I always did. And so I was like, what's next? Like, where can I channel this need to create and this need to, um, you know, to have that outlet. And it was just so pointed in the direction of this industry that I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's it. 
that's I get that, you know, like having all that energy and having to kind of like find a find an outlet for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally get that. So, did when you finished school, did you go right into a salon situation? Did you do the Did you do the normal route like a school to apprenticeship to uh, on the floor? I didn't, man. I don't. I don't really follow any rules <laughs> or any kind of typical thing. Unfortunately, I've never been the type to kind of listen or watch what others, you know, their path. I've I've always been able to kind of just be like, man, like that's awesome for there. But I've owned my journey. And I've owned like, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to do what like feels good to me and what I feel like um, kind of just settles with me. So I immediately out of hair school, I went into a booth rent situation and I was within a few months, I was booked out. I actually took quite a few of my clients that I had acquired in school in cosmetology school and they just follow me right on out and even though there's that crazy price jump from like hair school prices into booth rent um i was grateful they were willing to do it so i just like hit the ground running on my own how much um, was a lot of that like social media driven i mean i guess eight years ago it was a thing but it wasn't like it didn't have the weight that it does now you know, it didn't. I I think I had, even when I started Invisible Beat Extensions, I think I had like 2,000 followers a couple years ago. So it really was just word of mouth, referral base. I mean, this it's a small town. So you see a, a woman with some good hair and you're going to go be like, hey, where'd you get that done? So I was lucky enough to just kind of have that word of mouth, just really drive and build my business for me. It, it, did it just come... When you're in, in hair school, did it just come natural to you? Did you were you able to see it? Did you totally understand it immediately? Um, I mean, I obviously there were things that were foreign and new, but I wanted it so bad. And I was so like when I was there, I was clear. I mean, I was old. I was 33. I mean, that's old sometimes, you know, for some in this industry. So I was, I was prepared. I was open. I knew that I wanted to be there. I was so just open to taking everything in. And I started going to different classes, you know, professional classes out there, even while I was still in cosmetology school. Cause I was like, I don't have time. Like I need to know everything right now. Um, so, I mean, I for sure made your, all your mistakes and turned people's hair, you know, all different kinds of colors and did some funky ass cuts, I'm mm -hmm. sure. But it it did come somewhat natural for sure. Did you have a specialty? Like were you or were you just kind of doing it all being in the booth? I I definitely, I mean, I started cosmetology school knowing that extensions was where I wanted to go. I was obsessed with that ability to transform a woman's look in such a short period of time. So I, I came into it knowing like that was what I loved. I loved color too. So I wanted to make sure, cause I do feel like, like you have to understand and be well-versed with color to also make extensions look good. It's not just about the installation method that you use. It's about your coloring techniques and like the whole package. So I really kind of focused and honed in on those two aspects did you do, I mean, I, I was kind of like kidding about like the tape-in and, and extension stuff. Did you, did you, did you kind of start with tape-ins and cause it's easy, right? I mean, they're, they're easy to do. Yeah. I was chuckling when you were saying that. Cause man, I remember like all the struggles of tape-ins and yes, I did. I started out doing tape-ins actually, because they're pretty easy or they appear to be easy. Just kind of throw them in and cut them in and voila, you know, but then you come back for that move up and you're like, Oh no! What now what? My life, <laughs> right? Well, and and that you know, tapings are are accessible. Yeah, you know, like wefts of hair, like they're not they're not as accessible as 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 tapings. You know, you can buy those at like Cosmoprof or something. You know, for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a less expensive product too. So a lot of times, you know, when you're starting out or just kind of like getting into extensions yourself, you look at that price tag and you're like, oh, like that's crazy. I'm just going to do tapings. But a lot of and a lot of people stay there and it works for them and they love it. But um, a lot of times, like depending on your lifestyle, that tape in life, I mean, when you're in a hot yoga class and you're trying to tuck those, that hair that's sweated out and you're like tucking it down in your bra, like it's not a good situation. <laughs> Dude, I used to have a client, I, I, she, she was older, so she was a little bit thinning on the, on the top and they, and, and I, I didn't do it, but, um, um, the person that cut her hair, uh, put in tape ins on it just to kind of like fill that area. And when I was blow drying the hair, dude, I was, you know, what I'm talking about. 
Uh, yeah. uh, but when I would blow dry, dude, I would like every time I picked up, I was like just praying that that thing didn't pop loose because <laughs> I didn't know what I would do. Come out your round breast. Oh, dude, I was like, I would like be. I said that it never dried, but it's probably because I didn't put a lot of heat on it because I was scared it's going to melt the tape or that or that like you know the brush is going to pull it. So I was being so ginger with it, and but you just drop it to the floor. I'll come by and sweep it, sweep oh, it up. Gosh, it was tuck it in. So, Nobody will see. It was it was such a difficult. It was it was like a color retouch and highlights, you know. But it was just such a difficult client because I had to I had to. And, you know, I had to deal with, I put that in quotation, but I had to deal with those extensions and like just the anxiety. Since you knew you wanted to do extensions, were you learning extensions while you were in hair school or did you wait till you get out and got into the studio and then uh, learn how to do them? So I, I waited till we got out. I mean, we learned a real basic, like we had one day of like tape-ins, a day of eye tips. And I don't even think I learned a wefted method in school. So I, I mean, obviously there's a lot to learn, not necessarily like, I don't feel like you can get that solid of education and like, like YouTube content, you know? So, but I was definitely, I had my eye on it. I was studying, I was checking things out, but I, I hit the ground running with going to classes once I was a licensed cosmetologist. Like in, uh, were you heading up to Salt Lake City or Vegas? Because you're right in the middle, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Way so closer to Vegas. I hit, I hit some classes in Vegas. I definitely, um, I did some, not extension, but I remember I went to like a Samvia cutting class in Salt Lake when I was still in school, um, and I mean, learned lots of awesome stuff. That's pretty cool. Sam's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah Sam's a good dude. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. How, I mean, even in the last eight years, have, has the technology changed a bunch? Oh, yeah. It's weird to talk about technology and hair, right? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, when it's not like a digital kind of like asset. But but so how, how in the last eight years from, you know, when you started, how has the technology changed? I mean, hand-tied, hand-tied West, I feel like, is really like the biggest progressive change that we've seen in materials. You know, I mean, they've been around for a while, but it's crazy that not, I mean, I would say just within the past couple of years, it's really become kind of a household name. A lot of people are starting to understand what they are. There's still some confusion. You know, a lot of consumers still think that hand tight extensions are a method and they're not, you know, it's the, it's the material used. There's tons of methods. Um, But I think that's been a huge, a huge change. Obviously the way to install them um, has been different, but really just becoming more versatile, as you guys mentioned, you know, in your opener and more comfortable. There's been, you know, thanks to I feel like IBE, there's more of a conversation on the whys of extension installations and, and things like that. What's the difference between like machine wefts and hand time? Yeah. So machine, machine, um, you're going to get something that's a little bit cheaper because it is less, um, intent labor intensive on creating it. I mean, they just take all of this hair. It's all, you know, you can get machine tied that's synthetic, but you can also get a human hair. They'll run it through, you know, in the factory, they'll run it through a, a sewing machine. So it's a lot less labor intensive. When we say the word hand tied, it's truly, you know, that is what it is, is it takes one person about eight hours to create an 11 inch wide weft, one weft. It takes somebody eight hours because they truly are hand tying it. They're grabbing like little tiny bundles, you know, six to 10 strands, individual strands of hair. They're sliding it on this string, tying it. And so that's where this cost comes in. A lot of people are just like, it's so expensive. Well, yes, it is. But that is why. And it's, you know, a lot of density, a lot of clients cannot handle the weight of a machine tied weft, which is really where I love the versatility and the customization of a hand tied weft, because you can really apply it to people who've got five hairs on their head and you can still, you can still match density a lot better that way. Is that the only difference? Just the, just the weight of the, of the extension or is there, are, are there other differences as well? I mean, it is a lot thinner in its construction. So machine weft is bulkier. So it tends to kind of create a little bit more of a bulky, which if you have a ton of hair, you may not notice 
you know, kind of a, a little bit of bulkiness along your track. But for those who are super fine, again, a hand tied weft is so flat. It really just can be a more comfortable and again, seamless, especially when you are creating that kind of custom route. A machine tied weft has this this kind of thicker seam. So you're always going to see that it's not going to blend as um, seamlessly as a hand tied weft will. That's kind of cool. How yeah. I had no clue. Neither did I. Neither did I. I knew that there was a difference, but I was like, well, what's the difference? You know, right. well, now we know. <laughs> now we know. Now we're educated. Now we know. How many, so you said like it takes eight hours to do an 11, uh, an 11 inch. How many wefts are, are not that there's a typical, but you know, like how many wefts are you putting in? Okay, so like I have, I have ten of those wefts in my head. I have three rows of I. You have eighty hours of work in your head before the stylist even gets to you. I know, isn't that crazy? Two like, weeks. There's so much appreciation when you understand like where this product comes from and how many hands it has touched and gone through to even get in your head you realize that that price tag, I mean, again, it's not going in the stylist pocket. Like it's just because the material and the quality is just so high. Um, but I, I wear three rows and I've got four wefts on my bottom row and then three on the middle and three on the top. Man, that's crazy. You know? So what's, so the name of your company is Invisible Bead. Walk us through like what it, first off, can, I have so many questions about extensions and, and here, here's what I, I'll tell you what I know. And then you can kind of walk me through what I don't know. You know, we, we obviously know the tape ends, you know, they kind of like, they, they almost look like they tape on the scalp a little bit, certainly, you know, before they grow out there. Um, there was like the, the extension, the clamp, the clamp end. Yeah. 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 The, 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 the metal beads, right. The metal beads that, kind of, that, yep. that, that clamp in and those, but just like, the ones that I'm used to seeing is the ones that you guys used to do where they were like just the, you know, again, there'd be like 20 hairs in there and then they would kind of. And you melt it in with the iron. Right, right, right. So those were like wax. And then you had the beads that you could like compress down. Yep. The compressed down were awesome because sometimes you comb your hair and a whole weft of hair comes out with it. Um, <laughs> there was those. And then, um, and now, you know, I've seen, I've seen, I guess, the, the wefts and stuff. But how are those? And anyone that's listening, I apologize for being such an idiot. But how are those like? How are those applied in the hair? And how is invisible bead um, in your? I guess yours is a different method. But how is your method different? So I mean, you're gonna hear there, there's a million and one ways that you could create a track, right? Like that, and that's kind of what we call like the foundation that we apply any kind of a weft too. So whether it's machine or hand tied or, or whatever you're using, there's so many different ways that you can create that. So the difference, I mean, there, there's a lot of differences in IBE all the way down to like the actual size of the, the foundations that we use. I mean, we really took into account over direction, how that applies to hair and keeping hair in natural fall position, um, the use and the idea of like tension and how much that plays into damage, how much it plays into discomfort, into issues with versatility um, and, and all of that. So that all plays into IVE and the difference. And again, I mean, you'll, you'll have people say, isn't it all the same? It's all the same, right? You're just creating a track, man. I could not disagree more. I do not think that they are all the same. I mean, an eighth of an inch in a section width this way is going to take your hair from being either a natural fall position or causing overdirection that could potentially lead to traction alopecia. So there are, you know, specific things that we do within an IVE track um, that that create, in my in my opinion, like just the perfect foundation. So so I'm just trying to understand a little bit more. So what's the so the invisible bead thing is just like knowing where to place it more than it is like the technique in which it's being held to the scalp or to the hair. Yeah. So again, with our method, I mean, there is, there is kind of this idea of trying to make it look as seamless as possible. Right. And it's funny because a lot of, there's a lot of confusion where people go, well, I do invisible bead extensions because they're just sewing a weft underneath. And that's not the case because invisible bead extensions really just encompasses so much more than that. I mean, we have a unique stitching pattern. We have unique section sizes, measurements. And again, the placement, the bead placement and all of that is unique to our method 
um, which, which makes it again, if you guys have seen, I mean, our, we, we have people who go like during the pandemic, we had guests who went six months without a move up, which is crazy with any other method. I mean, you're going to have it slipping out. It's going to be causing issues. These women were coming back with grow out this far and no damage in sight and everything was still perfectly intact, which is just, it's awesome. It speaks to kind of that, that durability of IBE. Yeah, because I mean, usually when when you do see uh, like that much growth, I mean, you it, it looks like the the extension's just dangling there, hanging yeah, off exactly. of your life. Right, uh, right. Hey, with the invisible, I have so many questions. I apologize, but with the invisible being uh-huh. like like with the grow out too, no matter whether whether it's taping or whatever, when we've seen it, it also kind of looks like a dreadlock back there. Do you with your grow outs, do you kind of get like where the hair gets all matted on there or that hair grows out nice or falls out? I guess it's a fallout, right? Falls out natural hair yeah. fall. Like the natural shed. Yeah. So that's that's one of the unique things to IBE is again because of the foundation and the placement of the beads, you know, and kind of the, all of those, how they line up against each other, along with the stitching pattern, it makes it easier for the guests to maintain, which, you know, we should be trying to find that aspect for our guests, which just doesn't create so much work for them. Um, and so this is really, it makes it easier for them to maintain it. As long as, you know, you're separating your rows and brushing in between daily, um, you don't have the dread that you would have with, with like singular beads or with tape-ins where you would see that things had twisted or anything like that. It really just grows out just straight from the head. That's so cool. Yeah. Cause I remember uh, back in the day when I worked in it at the salon and I used to have to uh, crack the beads and, and, and pull it out and, and comb out the, the dread the dread. Oh, yeah. brutal. <laughs> Didn't want to be an assistant in that salon. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it gets brutal because when you when you have something that's kind of smaller it, and it can twist around, that's when you just start to create madness for you at, you know, the move up or the reinstallation process. So that is the beautiful thing about, you know, all wefted methods in general is it really is it's an easier process to take out. It's an easier process to maintain um, as long as it's done super clean, then I feel like it's a win win for both you know, stylist and guest. That's so cool. All right. I, I have so many questions now kind of about this, but it kind of away from this too. Like, how did you, I'm, I'm interested in like how you set the business up, meaning like, like at what point were you like, Oh, I have something here. And again, was that something like, Oh, I know where to, and do you source your own hair? Like IBE has their own hair source. Okay. So like how you source the hair, how you kind of did that kind of, and then how then you marketed all that as well. That's about a thousand questions in one question, but if you can kind of give us the backstory to that. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, backstory is I started doing this. I started creating IBE solely for the guests in my chair. It was never my intention to teach this. It was never my intention to create anything that would go beyond an exchange between myself and the woman sitting in my chair. That was it. It was just, I, I was neurotic enough that I wasn't satisfied with with the other methods that I had learned. I felt like there were so many holes. There were boxes that weren't being checked. And so I was just like, oh, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to figure something out. Um, And so what began is kind of just like this scientific experiment led to like, okay, dear diary, today I used a five millimeter bead. This is what happens, you know? And, And I started documenting, again, only for my guests. At that time, I was extension only. I had a full clientele of extension guests. And so I was just trying to do right by them and figure out what could, what could give them the best product. Um, and so I did that for about nine months just on my own. And then I, I, I just showed a picture of, of, of a flip up, you know, a beadless flip up in March of 2019. And again, I wasn't like, Hey, do you want to learn this or anything like that? It was just like, check out what I'm working on. And it was over from there. And, and it pretty soon it just within a few months, I was like, Holy cow. Like, I guess I, I got something here and people want to learn it. And so I, again, at that time, remember I got four kids. I'm working full-time behind the chair. My husband has a full-time job. I'm not going to go on the road and teach this 
because I don't have time for that. And so I thought, man, if I could create a virtual platform, this would be really nice for me to be able to teach virtually on my own time. And for also stylists who I'm assuming are in the same position as me, they're busy, they got families, they got lives, they can't take off, pay for the expenses to fly to somewhere across the country for a few days, learn a method, come back. So I I decided I was going to do this virtual learning platform and I, you know, I don't have any experience, you know, in the business sense, but my husband did. And we both were like, man, we've got something here. We need to protect this. So that's when we were like, let's trademark the name. Let's file for a patent. So we did all the things, um, which, which I feel like isn't often done in this industry and has honestly, it's been misunderstood. A lot of people have been like, oh, you're just trying to, um, you know, push people out or whatever of, of this game. And I'm like, that, that couldn't be further from the truth. I feel like we have inspired so many new methods to be created kind of, you know, spinoffs of IBE. And I think it's awesome to see. Um, but I am trying to protect my stylist investment because what I didn't want to have was somebody pay a couple thousand dollars to learn IBE and then not have anything in place where they wouldn't go and start to teach that and have this game of telephone, which is what we see a lot in the industry is as well. She learned from this person who learned from this person who learned from this, and you're not getting the method in its purity. You're not, you don't even know what you're getting at that point, but everybody's money is being diluted and kind of this education is being splattered everywhere. So I wanted to protect that for people who invested in me. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we kind of went through the process of trademarks and patents and everything like that. Um, when I first started, I never had the intentions of sourcing or selling hair. I actually worked with a few other companies along the way who I was just like, Hey, I'm going to give you names. Please just let them buy hair from you. Um, and then that, that kind of got difficult because it still would come back on me. The customer service of another company would still come back on me. The quality of that company still coming back on me, even though it's not my thing, so I realized the need, man, like if I want to control this experience for my stylist, I'm going to jump into this ring too. And so after two and a half years, two years, um, I, we launched our own line. And at this moment, we've got two hand tied lines and we're about ready to launch a third that will be open to all stylists. And that is kind of a new construction of a weft called a micro weft which is thin as a hand tied, but you can actually cut it. So that's coming at the end of this, at the end of this year. That's, that's very cool. So, I, I, okay. Now I have, I'm sorry. I was going to say about the, uh, when you jumped into this, this part of the industry, did, uh, did you go back and forth? Like you, you had it, uh, a hand tied weft. You're like, no, I need it more like this. I need it thinner or I need it, uh, you know, a little bit more, uh, or a little smaller. I mean, was it a, a growing process to get it exact to what you wanted? Yeah. I mean, it's difficult because we, I mean, there, there's no made in the USA hand tied hair. Like I'll just say that how it is. And so when you are sourcing and dealing with, with factories overseas, whew, it's tricky. There's just this communication factor. That's like, it, it's, it's a grueling process, um, but there's there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of creation, a lot of communication back and forth of what you're looking for, what you need. Um, quality control is just is huge too. And then um, you know, I was doing this all through a pandemic, so I was doing this all through a you know a global shutdown, a global shit show, and it was really it was like so many times I'm like, this is really not the time for me to be doing this, but just kept going. That, that's so cool. How did you, how did you find your factories or how did you find like, like it's one thing like, you know, Oh, you go to like X company to buy hair from, but now like you got to go, okay, well who's supplying X company. Right. Cause there's so many steps in. So I assume you went like one step further past where you were buying hair. How did you kind of find them and get them and like how that conversation open? So it's funny. These, these factories, man, they, they are all up in our DMS. So if you ever use the hashtag, like, Hair extensions. Oh, hold or, on, I, I we have a thousand followers, and um, that I actually delete most of them. But yeah, I mean, I get that all the time. But it, yeah. it all seems so like spammy and 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 not legitimate. I guess is what I'm saying. Like, you know, why? So, I mean, most of them are not. But I've I've learned the questions to ask, 
And I could real quickly know if they were telling the truth, if they're playing me, if they're telling me they can do something they can't. Um, and so, and I, it's, it's always comes down to like, yeah, send me what you got. Like, I'll, I'll see what you have. And I was well-versed enough to know what is Asian hair, what's Indian hair, what's Slavic hair. And someone sends me something and says, oh, this is our finest Slavic hair. And I'm like, no, it's not. So Billy, you know, let's do the next one. So it's the process of elimination. And yeah, there are hundreds and hundreds that come through, but, um, it's, it's just, it's a lot of work on the back end, and then just trying to create those relationships, just as you create, create relationships here, you have to do that with, with factories and with things like that. Um, and they, they play their game, but you can quickly kind of learn how to the ins and outs of it. Do that. Yeah. So what's the, you, you mentioned, um, and, and I hate to put a race on it or whatever, but you mentioned like Slavic hair and, and Asian and Indian hair. Like, is there, is there a, a, a desire hierarchy? Um, I wouldn't say so. You know, there, there used to be, it was interesting because the conversation when I came onto the scene, it seems like it was just like um, straight or curly. Right. But there's actually a whole lot that's in between there. There's a whole lot when you're trying to match texture for your guests. I mean, for me, like my hair is super fine, like it's straight, but it's fine. And then you have someone who is straight, but they're a little bit thicker, they're coarser. And so that's kind of where that desire comes in, um, whether you have like a little bit of natural wave or whether you don't. So I wouldn't say that there's something that's like most desired. It's really just becoming familiar enough and having access to multiple textures so that you can best service anyone who, who sits in your chair, whether they have like super fine, fluffy hair or, you know, coarse, thick, curly hair, you know where to go to be able to get that for them. I have more questions unless you have. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm dominating again. Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. Is there, and this sounds gross, but 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 feel me out. Is there like, like when you're done with your wefts or it's time for a new weft, like can you recycle your wefts? Could somebody else wear your wefts? And I know it sounds gross and stuff, but if there's so much effort and there's so much price going into this, like how jacked, here's the question, how jacked up are the wefts when they come out when you need a new set? Yeah. I mean, most, most hand tied wefts, they're like a good quality. They're going to last you anywhere from like nine months to a year, dependent on again, like so much is dependent on the products used at home, the way that these guests are taking care of their hair, the way they're brushing it, the kind of heat that they're putting on it, all of that kind of stuff. So I mean, I've seen people go well, well past over a year and they're not that jacked up. And then I've seen some people four months in and the one thing about hand tied hair that's, that's kind of this caveat too, is because it is handmade and it's, it's so delicate, they are a little bit harder to take care of. So like if you got a client who's getting crazy with her brushing and she brushes right across the top of the weft line, you can kind of loop out the top of that hair and man, that weft is a goner. Like there's really not a whole lot you can do to salvage that. You can try and like tuck those loops underneath and and sew them in, but there is an emphasis on how to take care of your hair because mm-hmm. they get real jacked. I mean, so I don't know if there's really a process of like passing it along to someone else, but I guess it you could happen if you wanted to cut up a few inches and gift it to somebody. <laughs> how do how do you bump it up though? Like like when it starts to grow out, how I mean, how easy or how difficult it is to move it up? So that's going to be like depending on different methods. Every method has like a different methodology of how they're going to do that and kind of move up. So with IBE, we actually don't move up anything. We take the whole thing down, take it out and we reset. Um, because our, and some, some again, will say, well, you can, you can either split the hairs, you can flip it up, you can move up the beads. Um, but for, for me, I, you know, in my research and studies and, and seeing thousands upon thousands of rows grown out, I feel strongly that that, um, isn't the healthiest way to move up a row. I do feel like, um, tension needs to be properly reset and you can't do that, um, you know, all the way from side to side, if you're just moving up stuff. Plus you have 
you know, you lose 100 to 150 hairs a day out of your head natural shed. So those are caught in the beads. And if you are just moving that bead up, how are you getting all that natural shed out? You know, like, because if you don't, you now have those roots sticking out, like that cuticle that's starting to go the other way. You can cause a lot of matting and issues that way right along the scalp line if you don't release all of that. So again, every, every method is going to kind of have their own viewpoint on that. Um, Ours differs in that way is we just say, take it out, redo it. I I would have to imagine in correct me if I'm wrong again, I don't know anything about anything, but, but by taking it out and doing a whole reset, it almost seems like it might be like less effort. You know, at least you're like starting on like a clean palette, right? right? Like it's a clean canvas again, you know, and you can, I assume you can, you know, and I wouldn't mind having a brush on my head after I've had extensions. You know, like <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like you want to get in there and like get a little scrub. I mean, a lot of times, yeah, like take it out, give them a nice, good scalp treatment, whatever. But also, I mean, a huge focus of IVE is like scalp health hair health. And so I feel like you can't accurately diagnose the, what just happened. Right. I mean, the grow out tells a story and I always tell my, my stylist, make sure it has a happy ending. So you can't, (laughs) you can't just pull everything out beads included and understand what happened if you erase that story. And by just pulling that weft out, you're erasing the history of that grow out. You don't know what you maybe needed to tweak or adjust for that specific client. Maybe she needs, you know, her density to be reduced a little bit in that track foundation. Maybe she needs a little bit different bead placement. And you can actually tell when we teach our stylists how they can identify those, those issues from the grow out. And so that's why we feel like, man, take it out, assess, take five minutes to really, truly check out that scalp, look at each and every single hair, and then make those adjustments and go again. How easily is, is WEF's, uh, I guess, pro- I mean, process as far as color and, and cut. I mean, do, do you put them in and then color the, the hair? Do you color the, the WEF's prior? Yes, you can do either. Um, some stylists prefer to prep everything off the head. So they'll do that consultation, they'll kind of color match, and then they'll go and they will custom root the extensions, low light everything before you place it on the head. Um, and then others will install everything and then color on the head. So you really have the versatility to do either one, either way. It's just kind of what process works for you, like what flow behind the chair. A lot of people who have an assistant prefer to like have their assistant color them, refresh them while they're doing something else. Um, so there's really not a right or wrong way, but it is really nice because you have the options. Like you have so many options available to you. I actually prefer to do it after I install because I want to see everything and how it lays on the head with their natural hair. So I can, okay, how far do I need to drag this root? Um, you know, where do I need to place certain pops and stuff like that? So that's my, that's my preference, but you can do whatever. That's kind of cool. You can probably even do both, you know, say the last, the last track for, for, uh, to color it for the pops and stuff like that and pre-color the maybe the, the bottom or the bottom two rows. I mean, there's so much. You, yeah. Yeah. Probably save you some time doing it that way, you know, and having, and having the, the, the versatility to be able to, you know, to do your, 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 make that your money pop or something. Right. Whatever you want to do with it really. Yeah. So you started a wet line too. Is that correct? Yes, I sure did. Yeah. This year we launched Goldilocks and that was in February, um, and that's that's been a ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, d- yeah. put us in the passenger seat. Let's go. Oh man, I well, the same thing. I'm just like, why do I keep trying to start these these companies in the middle of like logistical nightmares? And and shipping is like four x from what it was two years ago. It's just there. It's a new. It's a new um, climate that that we're working in now. And I guess. I guess I never knew what it was like before. So I'm just jumping in the boiling, you know, pot right now, just going, okay, this is how it is. Like, let's roll. But it's, it's been really nice. And I, I, I found that with extensions, it kind of led me to this because I was always being asked what products can I, you know, what products should I have my guests using? And there wasn't like a line that worked beautifully. I would say, okay, well, I really like this 
products from this line. I like this product from this, but don't use their moisturizing line. It's not going to be hydrating enough. And there was all kind of this picking and choosing, which left stylists being like, man, so $20,000 buy-ins for these three companies. And now I have all this product on my shelf and I don't know what to do with it because I only need one thing. So I, I was just like, man, it really just is hard for these stylists who maybe are in suites or, you know, in different circumstances than these big, large salons. And they're the ones who are having to front, you know, their retail costs and bring these lines in. And so I wanted something that would, you know, from A to Z would be best used for extensions. And then again, not only for extensions, but for, for all guests. And so that's why we, we kind of started on Goldilocks and, um, and just kind of offered some different and unique offerings for stylists that other brands aren't doing right now. Meaning like for, for extension clients or for, or, or just the whole experience as a, as a consumer. Yeah. Just kind of the whole experience, just like for acquisition of products and like how the whole retail system works. Um, and just listening to those pain points of stylists after working with them one-on-one, I mean, thousands I've, worked with and had these conversations with over the past few years and, and realizing what they're struggling with and just being like, all right, let's change it. Let's, let's change that. Let's not do that. Let's offer, you know, um, the ability to, we basically floor your products for you, which means we, we sell to our retail partners on a 50 day net term. So order all the products you need. You have 50 days to sell through before you even have to pay for it. Um, cause a lot of times it's just like, oh man, you, you order all this product, you pay for it. And then you have to just keep reinvesting that money. You're never getting ahead with retail that way. And so we offer that to our salon retail partners. Um, and then we also offer the ability to, you know, you don't even have to have it in your salon. We will actually direct ship to your customers. They can order off of your affiliate link and it's a lifetime of, of commission on that. So that is a lifetime person. As long as they are ordering, um, you know, from our website, it, they're linked to you. So we really try to make this beneficial for stylists. And I, I'm proud of that because, you know, we were a company created by stylists. Um, and so again, just listening to the industry going, what do they need? It's kind of I love a, it. Yeah, me too. It's kind of amazing. And, and I think you just, you just, you just, you know, hit the nail on the head is that they're not like everybody's playing backup, right. Or playing from behind now, like, Oh, how do we create affiliates or how do we put, how do I get our products there? Or, you know, there's a company out there called salon interactive. That's kind of being the middleman between all the um, salon centric, like online sales and stuff. So how do we, how do we create this? But you're starting off there, right. Which kind of makes sense, especially if you're a small company, because for you, it's gotta be, you, you know, it's got to, it's got to save you some, some stress and some whatever as well. Yeah. You know, again, like kind of back to what I, I think I said at the very beginning is I, I've never really, I mean, of course I'm open and I listen to, and I watch what other people do and how they do it. But I, I feel real strongly that if you follow your gut and your intuition and you just go, Hey, this is, I feel like this is going to work. Then authenticity is what is going to give you success. And so I was just like, I don't, I don't know if this is going to work, but (laughs) I, I want to try it. I want to offer this. And again, we are small, it's a small business. Um, and I mean, I have every intent of, of blowing the doors off and in our little space we have, but I do feel like if you, if you have an idea, if you think something will work, go for it. It's no fun just doing what everybody else does. I just, I didn't ever want to create something that was just patterned after something else. I feel like that's just boring. Right. I get that. Yeah. yeah. Is the product in the, uh, in, in the IBE, are they uh, like Goldilocks? Like, yeah. Are they, are they together in the same like home page website or is it separate? Is it just yeah, so they're two separate two separate entities. Um, Goldilocks.com is its own thing. I mean, any stylist, any salon can go can become a retail partner for Goldilocks. You do not have to be um, an extension stylist. You don't even have to offer extensions in your space whatsoever. We just um, really kind of allowed our IBE stylists first dibs, if you will, because they've supported us. We were like, hey 
We're going to support you guys first. We're opening only to you for the first, I believe it was like the first five months. We only allowed them to be selling it and kind of get footholds in their cities and their places. Um, and then we open the doors. And so now at this point, um, it's, it's to anybody and we're, we're having salons and stylists have success with it, whether they do extensions or not. I'm surprised that domain was available. Goldilocks. I yeah. am too, actually. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what's the story? Sometimes there's a price tag. For right. Oh, snap. Yeah. Um, but I was like, Oh man, that like I know I'm going to kick myself if I don't just, just invest in this now. Like I just, it, it was important to me that we that we got it. So, yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on. So I have a, so many universal name that you can resell it. I'm sure people right. are offering to buy it from you. So it's, I. But I'm, but I'm okay now. That you've got me all. I'm intrigued by this. <laughs> so so so, and correct me where I'm wrong. So you had to buy Goldilocks.com. Yeah, it was for yeah. sale. So when I looked it up, a thing popped up and said this this website is for sale and contact this number pirates they're still pirates did, oh yeah so did they did they did and if not they probably should have did they also own the instagram domain and do they also own the tiktok domain and do they also own the twitter domain um did they own all of that or or because if it was me i would go there and then it doesn't cost you anything to do the instagram or the twitter or whatever so if you owned all of that then you could package it out and be like okay well goldilocks.com is going to cost you x amount but then goldilocks on instagram is going to cost you this amount and then goldilocks on twitter is going to cost you and this you amount. even look like a pirate you are a pirate <laughs> yeah. exactly i see how you roll that's a good business idea but no that no it's so a terrible much- i mean it's a good business idea but a terrible person idea for sure. No, you know, the actually Goldilocks on Instagram, um, I think it belongs, it belongs still to like a golden retriever. And I, I remember sending a message like, oh man, like, is there any way, like they haven't posted on it for years, right? There's just the super cute golden retriever. And I'm like, hey, um, never got a response from them. So our, our Instagram is actually get Goldilocks. Um, website is Goldilocks.com. So Got it. I, I, you could always go on like Goldilocks hair or something too, you know. For sure. Yeah, there, there was options. Yeah, that's so crazy. And I, I would imagine, like, I would imagine, and I'm going to look in your eyes to see if you light up. But how much fun was? No, no, no. Listen, listen. How much fun was it like creating the wet line, and now like now you're in the fragrance grain game, or now you're in like the bottle aesthetic game, or now you're in like the, 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 the logo game. Like, like how much fun was that? And how cool was it? I would imagine that that'd be the fun part of it. Oh, it it is. And I never, again, like I, I hoped that this industry would provide that need for me that I was looking for, you know, to fill that creativity. And it is, it is just never ending. It's, it's always, there's always something to create. There's always, even, you know, even just down to social media, I mean, you're, you're using your creative juices to create reels, to create whatever it is. And so the, it, it definitely never ends. Honestly, my, the, the issue for me is I just keep going and going and going and going until I am just like on this hamster wheel is sometimes where I'm like, this is freaking ridiculous. Like I need a break. Um, and I, I would assume maybe creatives, you know, especially in this space, we probably all feel the same where we just like, we enjoy it so much and we get that fulfillment from creativity. But, um, but man, the burnout comes in hard when you're on that hamster wheel 24 seven. Yeah. No lie. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it, it's funny, like, and I don't know if it's creative creatives or if it's just the human experience, but you know, certainly now that I'm in my fifties, sometimes it feels like, um, I'm a prisoner to myself. Right? Like I'm a prisoner on like everything that I've created and wanted to create. There's no regret in the creation of it. But sometimes you like, you take a breath and you're like, man, I've created this prison that I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I, I, I built the, I built the bars around right. me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, and, and, and I mean like, even like when it comes down to like the mortgage or the family, and again, there's not regret in that part, but you sit back and you're like, Oh, it's just so heavy sometimes, you know, and like, I don't know. It sounds like I'm complaining. I'm not really like, I appreciate it, but, but the reality is also, it's like, man, I just want to go for a walk. (laughs) For sure. For sure. I, I totally feel you on that. Definitely not 
not complaining, grateful for everything, all the experiences and the growth for sure that comes from it. Cause you don't grow unless you're pushed, you know, beyond those boundaries. But yeah, I mean, I have to check myself often. And like you just said, go for a freaking walk McKinsey. Like your poor dog is sitting here like on your feet, like he needs to get out and you probably need to get out even more than he does. So there's always that aspect to it. George is so beautiful. So definitely get out. Yeah, I know. I I got to enjoy it. Do you have a, do you have a golden retriever? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was I was going to ask about the Goldilocks products. Do you have like sweet packages, or do you do you have to? Is it all inclusive? Or do you have to buy the whole line? I mean, what is? Yeah, so there's no buy-ins. Same thing that I just I was like, we can't we can't make these stylists who are just starting out. I feel like it's not fair to not to restrict them from access from quality luxury products to have in their small spaces. I almost feel like they're being squeezed out by some of these, you know, bigger brands that have these huge thousand dollar buy-ins. So no, there's no buy-ins um, at all. So you really can just, um, I believe we do offer some, you know, some kind of packages and things like that to get you started, but you can, you can decide what works for you and what quantities. Love it even more. I know, that's awesome. I love that. I love that it's available online too. Cause that's certainly like, I don't want to say the trend, but I think the industry is moving that way. And the more and more suites that we have, and like you said, like nobody wants to spend a thousand dollars to sit on the shelf, you know. Oh, yeah. So they want to they want to move they want to move on there. Um, yes. We have a client that was in, and her dream. There's a spa in St. George, and her like life dream is to spend like a a weekend in this spa, but it's like ridiculous. It's like twenty thousand a night or something like that. You know what she's oh. talking about? Are you talking about Amangiri? That's it. Okay, so it's not here. It's like, I think it's a couple hours. But you have to fly into St. George, right? Yes. You probably fly in here and then drive a couple hours outside of here. It's I've never been, like, I'm not a Kardashian, <laughs> um, but I've heard all sorts of things about it. But yeah, it's like, it's a crazy amount per night, but it's somewhere just out in the middle of the desert. I don't know. Like when you said you heard crazy stuff about it, like Illuminati type crazy stuff. <laughs> no, crazy stuff like just like beyond luxury experience and spa experience, all of that kind of stuff. So I, I mean, yeah, I've, I've never been, I, I don't know, but I've heard about it. That's crazy. I, I, I'd never heard about it. But then last year when we were in St. George, she was like, oh, do you know about, and I'm like, no, how do I not know about this? But I'm not part of the Illuminati. So. <laughs> I think you'd have to be to afford to go there. So I don't yeah. know. I've never been. <laughs> I think so. I think in 300 episodes, this is the first time the Illuminati's come up to. Oh, we'll we can go on and on about we'll that. Get, no, no, no. We don't want to. I don't want the DMs from them. The first rule of the Illuminati is there is no Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Mackenzie, dude, that hour flew by like crazy. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you. And like, I'm just, I'm in all of like your approach to the industry. And like, I'm really mega grateful that you're a stylist representing stylists, doing things for stylists. Like that is so dope to me and, and, and really, really appreciate it. And we didn't talk about it, but this is actually our second time talking because we got to talk at, uh, at Brit Siva's Thriver live event. Well, Thriver and like Tony and I weren't live event, <laughs> but you know, um, this is our second time talking and that's where we met. So again, thank you, Brit Siva, um, for, uh, for introducing us and, and, I just, you're a dope chick, man. And and please let everybody know where they can find, you know, IBE, Goldilocks, et cetera, et cetera, you. Yeah, all your things. Oh, man. Okay. Um, let's see. My personal Instagram is hair extension queen. Um, Invisible Beat Extensions is the Instagram handle. And then get Goldilocks. And then websites is goldilocks.com and then invisiblebeadextensions.com. And then invis- invisiblebead.com. That's where you can also take the um the, the classes, the uh the virtual online classes. Yes, invisiblebeadextensions.com. Yeah. So tons of information on there, how our program works, um, certification, all of our continued education stuff. It's it's all all right there. And our program is uh, a virtual. I mean, we actually include a hands-on training day with your certification so you can choose to just go the virtual route if you want if you live you know overseas or anything like that but then we also offer a free full day class with our education team as kind of a follow-up within the first year of getting certified just to kind of like make sure that you 
you have everything dialed and kind of can put those little pieces of the puzzle together that you might be missing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all the info, but I, I really appreciate you guys and your time and inviting me to be here. It was awesome. Great having a chat with you. Awesome. Mackenzie, thank you. Miss Mackenzie Turley, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with friends. Give us a rating and drop a review. To listen to all the latest podcasts, please subscribe from your favorite podcast outlet. And to stay connected on and off the show, you can follow us at Hairdistry on Instagram and all other social media platforms. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Peace and love.